Welcome to our latest series of the Reach Next Generation podcast. I'm Grace Jeffries and I'm thinking about my future. To help me with this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they faced throughout their careers, how they overcame them and what tips they have for girls of my age. Today my guest is Cheryl Thompson, the CEO and founder of the Centre for Automotive Diversity, Inclusion and Advancement. Cheryl spent a large part of her career at Ford also. Thanks for joining me today, Cheryl. Can we start by you telling us all how your career took you to the role you have today? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Grace. It's a pleasure. And I'm excited to see the work that you're doing. And um, I think that uh, we should have more girls your age trying to figure out what it is they want to do when they grow up. So I love that you're starting your exploration early. So the way I got into my career was a little bit backwards. Um, when I was in probably your age, I wanted to do something with computers. And when I was going to high school, I was taking all kinds of courses to get me ready to do something with computers. And I ended up um, having my son when I was uh, 18. So my plans to go to college kind of got put to the side. And I was working as a waitress. And my dad, who was an engineer at Ford Motor Company, had said, you know, Ford has food service inside. Why don't you see if you can apply there? Because they had great benefits and he thought maybe they'd even fund my education. So mm -hmm. I applied there and started off washing dishes in the basement of world headquarters. And I waitressed and, and got to wait on all of the executives in the penthouse and the executive dining room. And they were trying to recruit women and minorities into the skilled trades. So that was something like being a, an electrician or a pipe fitter. But the openings that they had was in tool and die. And I had no idea what tool and die was. Mm -hmm. And I found out later what that was is, you know, um, like car parts, like a fender or a door or a roof. It's yeah. the it's the, the die that sits inside of a press that will form and stamp those parts. Okay. Um, so I did that, um, which was a little bit more physical demanding, uh, mm -hmm. physically demanding than I really had expected. But it was a really great foundation for engineering. So I went through a four year apprenticeship and then um, that was a uh, many die makers before me had gone into engineering. So I just kept going back to school, um, got my degree in manufacturing and became an engineer. So. Um, that's where my time was spent in operations, manufacturing, engineering, product development. Mm. And then uh, once I got enough years to retire, um, and that was 30 years, and that was back in 2017, I chose to retire and start a business um, because I knew that many women and other underrepresented talent were being overlooked. And I wanted to really do something to help them and to help the industry because I just think there's a, a gold mine in bringing in talent that has been previously overlooked or undervalued or underestimated before. So yeah. that's how I got there. So when you were at school, you said maybe that your dad was an engineer in Ford and that's mm -hmm. how he introduced you to Ford. Um, did you ever maybe think about working in the car industry or maybe being an engineer um, did you maybe know what you wanted to do or be, or did it happen, say, later in life? Um, 
I did not know what I wanted to do. I knew something with computers. My mind was really set on um, being a systems analyst. And I, I really had no interest or thought that I would enter the car industry. So sometimes you just have to be open um, to the opportunity that's in front of you. And um, I'm thrilled that I took the opportunity because it's taken me so many places that I didn't expect. And that really turned out well for me in my future. Yeah. So the, I, I know that you went to both Siena Heights and Michigan University, but how important do you think it is to go to university, especially with all of the apprenticeship schemes that are available nowadays? I I think that, um, well, in the U.S., um, I think apprenticeships work a little bit differently. Um, okay. So I I think that it is important to, you know, that's a good question. I'm I'm going to say it's not as important as it used to be, because yeah. not only are there different apprenticeship programs, there's a lot of credentialing programs to get people ready for careers in new technology. So thinking about autonomous vehicles, um, you know, the whole mobility space, EV, electric vehicles, mm. um, it's different education than you would learn in a traditional university or college. And it changes so fast. So there's that need to keep learning. So I would say a degree is not as important as it used to be. But I will tell you, particularly my master's degree, that going through that whole process gave me so much more confidence. So I found the value there and just the confidence and knowing that I can compete with other people that were in my industry and actually do very well. Yeah. So there's a lot of talk about pay equality quite generally, but how well do you think women are catching up with men's salaries and getting those top jobs, maybe especially in the auto sector? So I think that women are catching up with salaries because there has been a focus on it. Um, We're seeing a lot of people do pay equity or compensation equity audits and bringing women and other minorities up to where they need to be. Um, so that's one. Um, the, the second one is, you know, are women getting those positions in leadership? Um, that is another area of focus, but it, it's not as simple, um, because it takes time and preparation, um, and different experiences to be able to climb that leadership ladder, mm-hmm. right? And oftentimes, um, you know, there's things that get in the way, uh, unconscious bias, um, because people like to hire people and promote people who look like them. Um, so yeah. if there's a lot of men in leadership, women may not have a fair chance. I also think that um, sometimes women leave the workforce because they have to take care of kids or maybe aging parents. And there's not the support structure in place to support that flexibility that's needed. And then sometimes I just think women opt out because they have this imposter syndrome and think that they can't take on that type of role. So there's so many different things that get in the way. But I will say companies are are really putting a focus on how do we make things more equitable? How do we make um, sure that women are getting what they need in terms of resources um, so that they can take those higher level positions? Of course. Mm-hmm. So the theme of our summits is I can do it. 
But is there anything that you thought that maybe you couldn't do that you have managed to do? Every single thing I've done, Grace. (laughs) I always think, oh, my goodness, that's too big. I can't do it or I don't know how to do it. And then I always find a way to figure it out. Um, So, you know, my advice would be say yes and figure it out later. There There will be so many people that will be there to support you. So don't wait until you're 100% prepared. Take a chance and stretch and go for something that you think you cannot do. Yeah. So you said that you worked at Ford for quite a long period of time. Um, Is there anything that you maybe learned while climbing through the ranks at Ford that now helps you or helped you when you founded your business? Um, sure. Um, one of the things I think is most important is the importance of building relationships because yeah. people, you know, that's how we get things done through people. Um, and so looking back through my entire career, that was always a strength of mine forming those relationships and it continues to be in the business that I'm building. So yeah. I think, you know, people always matter. People come first. And, uh, you know, just making sure that you're taking care of people. Of course. Now, throughout your career, have you had any mentors or have there been anyone you particularly admire? Um, Yes, I think mentors are extremely important. I think everyone should have a mentor. Um, There's one mentor in particular who stands out. Her name is Linda Cash. And Linda was an executive vice president at Ford Motor Company. And the reason she was so important to my career is I did not see many women in leadership. And I was able to spend some time with her, uh, watch her in action. And she didn't lead like the other men. And so I could see someone that I could identify with that was more similar to me. And it made it more possible, right, to to say, oh, okay, that. I don't have to fit in that box or lead like a man. I can lead my own way. So I saw that in her. And then, you know, she was just very generous in offering advice about, you know, how things work and what people value and what I should be focused on. Yeah. Well, I guess it's always important to have a mentor, even in good times and bad times, to help you get through it and to give their advice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, Sho, can you just tell me a little bit more about what you do within your company and maybe your company's goals? Sure. So our goal is to double the number of diverse leaders in automotive by the year 2030. Okay. Um, so when I look at let's just talk, uh, talk about women, women for a moment. When we look at automotive companies across the globe, when when we look at those top executive roles, it's only 8% female. Okay. So we want to double that and make that 16% female yes. um, by 2030. Um, so in order to do that, we're focused on four main things. Uh, so being a champion for diverse talent, and that includes women and other underrepresented minorities. Um, so really making sure that they have the tools and the resources for career development and yeah. leadership development. Um, The second is leadership commitment. Um, The leadership team needs to be on board with this because it does take intention. And so helping them understand um, diversity, equity, inclusion, 
and what their role is in supporting their teams um, and uh, really investing time, focus, attention in addition to money to these types of programs. Mm. Um, the third one is um, systemic change. So when we think about the way we look at talent um, in the hiring process, the interviewing process, even when we're doing succession planning, there's a lot of bias that's just naturally built in. Um, so really looking at what has to change in the system. So I'll give you an example. Um, think about an interview. And if I'm a woman going into this interview and I'm being interviewed by all men, yeah. um, I may not have a, a, as good of a chance if there was a woman or two on that interview team, right? Because yeah. there's somebody that can relate to me and understand maybe how I think a little bit differently, approach problems a little bit differently, and I have that different perspective and background. So if you put that process in place, um, that's an example of a systemic change. Um, another example of a systemic change would be more inclusive benefits. Um, so making sure that, you know, women have um, uh, flexibility, uh, uh, support for child care um, so that they have that same chance to advance as as others do. And then the fourth one, you know, you can do all of those things, but if you don't have an inclusive culture, people aren't going to stay. So th those are the are, are kind of our goals. And we do that through a series of roundtables where our members come together and share information. And then we have a 13-week uh, a certification program so that we can create more people who are educated on diversity, equity, and inclusion. It definitely seems like with the um, goals that you strive to achieve, you sh will probably hit that goal in 2030. Yes, I, I hope you're right, Grace. <laughs> so even with all of this work um, on diversity and inclusion and your career at Ford, do you still have any personal or professional ambitions that you um, want to do? Um, yes, I would certainly love to work with women on a deeper level. Um, okay. To, to really help them um, get rid of that imposter syndrome, uh, to really make themselves a priority and put themselves first. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I would like to, you know, the DEI stuff, diversity, equity, inclusion, I want to keep doing that. But I would love to also work more closely with women on a really deep level. Um, and finally, this is a new question for all of our guests this series, um, and that is, if you had to describe yourself in three words, only three, um, it sounds easy, but trust me, it's not. Um, what do you think that they would be? Well, I'm going to take a little different, uh, a, a bit of a different spin on this one. I've been focusing really um, a lot on how I want to feel um, because I find that sometimes we can have a frustrating day and and the way we feel can impact the, the thoughts that we're thinking and it can impact the actions that we take, the way we behave. And so yeah. what I'm really focused on is my, the way I want to feel. So right. my, my, I'll call them my guiding life feelings are radiant. I want to be radiant. And that okay. means to me having lots of energy, um, being light, um, you know, making sure I eat right and get enough sleep. Uh, so that's the R. Um, the O is open. I want to be open hearted. 
and and just really have that sense of trust and, you know, have my appropriate boundaries. And then the I is inspired because I want to continue to um, inspire others through the work I do. And I have to be inspired um, to be able to do that work. And so when I look at the, you know, radiant, open and inspired, um, it's ROI, which is return on investment. And so I think about investing in myself um, so that I can continue to do the work that I do and support others. Right. That's some great advice. I'm sure both myself and my listeners will remember maybe the ROI when we're maybe not feeling our best. Yes. Yes. I would love that. (laughs) Well, I really enjoyed chatting with you today, Cheryl. Thank you so, so much. And I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about maybe some of the choices they're about to make in their own careers. Keep listening to the Reach Next Generation podcasts as I talk to many more brilliant women. More details about us and our summits are at www.reachnextgeneration.com. And a big thank you to all our partners and sponsors, Ideal Standard, Barclays, St. Modwen, Green King and Levi Strauss.